T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Tomorrow, Layla Rahimi will be hosting my show with Gabe Ramirez. And when they're together, they are Layla and Gabe. So tomorrow, you can check them out. I'm going to be off for a few days. But I'm here now, and I'm here with you until 2 o'clock. This hour is being brought to you by CarX Tire and Auto, online at carx.com. Ray, let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Previously on the Lawrence Holmes Show. Watching the development of Andrew Vaughn, I got to tell you, I wasn't as big of a believer in Vaughn as the White Sox were when it came to the hit tool. And I think that he's been even better than just showing the hit tool. He's done well defensively. Right now, when you look at Vaughn, he's creeping up towards 300 as far as an average go. To me, that's great. Like, it's great that he's getting on base at a 343 clip. What I love is that two things. One, he's not afraid of these big moments that he's put in. And two, he hits the ball hard. I would argue that there should never be a lineup where he's batting any lower than fourth. If I were in charge of the White Sox, he'd be batting in the first three slots all the time because Tim Anderson is injured. Right now, he's your best hitter. Make me a bicycle clown! He is getting a run for his money in that department, though, and I will discuss it shortly. But right now, base drop! Welcome in. My name is Lawrence Holmes. I'm here with you until 2 o'clock on the show today. We are going to talk with Yusef Khan about the Broncos' new ownership. Very interesting. and has some Chicago ties to it. And if they're going for $4.6 billion, what could the Bears sell their team for? Five and a half? So I'll ask Yusef about that. Russ Dorsey is going to join me at 1 o'clock. We usually talk baseball with Russ. I'm excited to talk with him about the White Sox. and I, I, He covered Joe Madden. On a daily basis, so I'll talk to him about Joe Madden as well. All of that stuff is coming up on the show today, and we're going to take you inside of the White Sox game from last night. They they win the game last night. Great work by Michael Kopech, like another dominant performance for the six innings that he was out there. The eight strikeouts, only one hit. That ERA is now back down under two. The guy I was talking about in the intro to compare with Vaughn is Jose Abreu. 
Jose Abreu, and I have to admit, I was sitting here going, is this the beginning of the end of Jose Abreu? And apparently not. Abreu has reached safely in 18 out of his last 19 games. And in that stretch, he's hitting 382. And he's getting on base half the times that he's up at the plate. And the White Sox desperately needed it. You had A.J. Pollock with a great pinch hit opportunity, takes advantage of it. Our guy Jake Berger comes through again. And then Dave Roberts gifting you a run. I'm going to walk a guy who's hitting 150. Okay. I mean, I get that you were doing it to get you a guy that was hitting 190 or whatever. But still, ended up working out in the White Sox favor, and that's a very good thing. Speaking of the White Sox, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, I don't know how much of the coverage on Steve Stone you stuck around for, but there was some really great stuff towards the end of the broadcast last night. And I want to share it as we continue to celebrate Stoney and his his anniversary, 40 years in the business. I'll share it with you next here on The Score. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. It's time for the White Sox Minute. Tim crushes this ball. He throws the bat. The ball goes flying. It is gone. We're going to be Southside regardless. South slider. High Go Sox, babe. The White Sox Minute on the Lawrence Holmes Show. The Dodgers lead the National League West, and we have a couple of very nice pitching matchups for you. We'll start tonight with Michael Kopech on the hill, 26-year-old, taking on Mitch White, the 27-year-old. Right field down the line. A.J. didn't wait very long to torment the Dodgers. One home. Abreu is in. 2-0. Now Jake Berger. Continues to mash. Reese pumps it to left. That's another hit. Berger scores. 4-0 Sox. And the Sox have shut out the Dodgers behind Michael Kopech. Highlights courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. Jason Benetti on the call. The White Sox win 4-0. That gets them to a game under 500. Four games back of the Minnesota Twins and tied with the Cleveland Guardians. And they did improve on their run differential yesterday. It was a big conversation with Rick Hahn when he talked to the amassed media, which we will get to later on in the show. Last night was pretty cool. You, you People you know, did the research and found out that Steve Stone was going to celebrate 40 years in broadcasting. And it was going to be on a night when it's against the Dodgers and NBC Sports Chicago has the game. So they they made a big deal out of it. The White Sox made a big deal out of it. And I think that they should have made a big deal out of it because of what Steve Stone has meant to baseball fans on both sides of town and to a certain extent nationally. I, I listen to a ton. I watch a ton of baseball. I There's not anyone better. Their, their analysts who were pretty good 
There's no one that's as good as him. And the lives, like the different iterations of his career are cool where he's the young sidekick to Harry Carey. And then after that, he's the mentor to Chip Carey. And then after that, when he makes it over to the White Sox, he's he's a foil for Hawk Harrelson because their styles are a little different. And you got two guys that are proud of what they accomplished as players, and in Hawk's case, executive and broadcasters. And you had that dynamic inside the booth. And then he finds himself in this kind of weird uncle mentoring role with Jason Benetti and those two guys, their, their fondness for each other comes through the telecast. It's great. It's great to see a partnership develop and work the way that theirs does. I don't know if you stuck around for the sign-off. Like you probably saw the last out and you were like, all right, you know, great win for the White Sox and they're back in this thing or they're playing well over the last four games. Whatever. But there was a great moment at the end of the broadcast. So in case you missed it, I wanted to share with you Jason Benetti not letting Stoney like off the hook, like really digging into the emotion of the accomplishment, which as a viewer, I was very grateful for. I would like to thank everybody for participating in this game tonight everybody who uh, you were able to uh, you were able to scrounge up Gary Thorne especially I, I thought he was dead but uh, he's not so uh, a lot of folks seeing Bob Euchre and everybody who participated in little vignettes uh, was just terrific tonight everybody associated with the White Sox who put this thing together it was great it was unexpected and you couldn't ask for a better night I saw being a pitcher great pitching tonight out of Michael Kopech great defense which as a pitcher I really appreciate and a great team effort by the team that I've chosen to end my career with the Chicago White Sox so thank you thank everybody and tonight was a special night one that I'll never forget I know it mattered to you because you took a side swipe at one of your friends in your final thoughts <laughs> seriously I yeah. before we go yeah look look yeah I mean are you trying to point out how young I was there? Or? The, 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 the snarky, <laughs> it's, just not, it's 40 years on the yeah, air, Steve. I know. It's, 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 a, it's it, an awesome thing. Well, when I started, I didn't realize that I would be here this long. Now that I'm here this long, I don't want to leave. So let's see how it plays out. But I look at the partnerships I've had. These are quite obviously the four main ones. And I've learned a lot from Harry certainly to start it out. He was the perfect man for me at that time. Then I went to Chip, and he reminds me so much of you because he was really young there, and he was the guy that showed me that there was a use for a computer in broadcast. Who knew? Well, Chip knew, and you obviously know. And then I had Hawk. I came into Hawk City. I came into his city, his side of the city, and I had to ingratiate myself with a fandom that he had captured. The White Sox fans will never forget anything that Hawk Harrelson did here. And I came in, it wasn't the smoothest transition, but we got along fine. I learned a lot from him here, and I learned a lot about the White Sox fandom. 
and then you came along at the perfect time because as I was fading, you rejuvenated me, which is kind of nice. And still, it just it makes for a good partnership. Each and every one of those guys up there were part of my past. You're part of my future, and that's the greatest part about it. And hopefully, before too long, you and I can sit here, call not only a winning season, but call a White Sox World Championship. And uh, I don't know how long that's going to be. I do know that the team we're currently doing is playing much better baseball, and as they reassemble, it's going to be great. So thank you very much for everything. And, uh, you know, it was great, especially this. I mean, cupcake giving me brilliant. Brian Anderson's cupcake was, it, it just shows the depth that you can sink to when you're pressed. We're going to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see that the way that Stoney deflects from emotion is with humor. And I think a lot of us do that. And it's, it's, I'm sure it was weird to be honored. To, to have moments like that where you're being honored for something. And yeah, him saying inside there, someone on Twitch was like, is he retiring? Well, not yet, but he made it very clear that he's not going to join another team. That he's going to finish his career with the White Sox. He's a man of many interests. And I'm glad that we got to see like a softer side of him. And that's where I think Benetti's great at his job. I think that he's been able to tap into that. And he makes for a wonderful broadcast. So congratulations to Steve Stone. Shout out to the White Sox. I thought they did that right. Like way right. And shout out to all the folks over at NBC Sports Chicago for digging up all that stuff and making for a great broadcast. When we come back, the Catholic League should be elated right now because you got some representation going on in NFL ownership. I'll explain next here on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Princeton. University says you are the only graduate to have the same phone number for 30 years. Out of 1,100 classmates. Yes. Is that crazy? <laughs> yes, that shows you how much I crave stability. And, um, but it also says a lot about Ariel, this firm, and what we are building and have been building for these three decades. I walked in when I was, first of all, 19. I was an intern. But then when I came in full time when I was 22, I basically knew I would always work here. That is courtesy of CNN. And the voice you heard there was the voice of Melody Hobson. She's now part of the ownership group, the new ownership group for the Broncos. And it's, I think it's a really big deal. It, it brings some, strangely enough, She's a financial wizard, but it brings star power to it, no pun intended, because of who she's married to. She's married to George Lucas, but she's like a rock star 
in the financial world and she's from the Catholic League. She's Ignat's product, St. Ignatius. So I wanted to reach out to my guy, Yusuf Khan, who runs First in Pen. You should go check it out, firstinpen.com. He joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Yusef, how big a deal is this that that Melody Hobson is going to find herself as part of an ownership group of an NFL team? Well, Lawrence, thanks for having me on. Truly appreciate it. I tell you, it was really big news to have her on. Um, one, because she becomes basically the first black woman to be an NFL owner. Um, and two, she's actually... Um, the second woman involved in this ownership group, the first is uh, Walton's daughter, uh, who will be uh, a minority owner as well. But to have Hobson on speaks volumes about her success and her resume. So it's really exciting to see. When, when you talk about the NFL and that they when we look at ownership in the NFL and ownership changing in the NFL, there's a lot of different directions that they can go in that regard. So it's. It, it's good to see that someone as accomplished as her is is being given an opportunity and kind of kicking this door down a little bit because I think there there needs to be a change from what we associate with NFL ownership. Definitely. And, you know, I know uh, Roger Goodell and the NFL were putting pressure on whoever was going to win the bid um, to involve some sort of minority ownership. And I tell you, I think they went the right way. And obviously they got Chicago native, uh, Melody Hobson involved. She has a, a long, lengthy career, um, smart businesswoman, um, you know, chair, co-CEO of Ariel Investments, uh, chairwoman of Starbucks, director of J.P. Morgan Chase. So she has all the accolades, all the skill sets you need. And I think this was really, really an impressive move to add her to this ownership group. Yusef, that's a that's a hell of a resume, isn't it? I'm telling you, man. When I, you know, I remember, you know, seeing her as she was coming up the ladder as Ariel Investments, also based in Chicago, you know, was was starting to make some noise, and I kept seeing her, kept seeing her, kept seeing her, and then I think it was 2016 when she was chairwoman of DreamWorks, which was sold to NBC Universal. You know, she's part of that deal, and she stepped down as chairwoman after that deal, but. I'm like, wow, she keeps appearing in the biggest of places. So, you know, you can't get much bigger in sports than NFL. No, there's there's no doubt about that. And I would imagine that the Broncos are going to have plenty of Star Wars nights. Some Somehow, some way, that's going to be a part of this thing. I'm telling you. I mean, they have tons of stars already. You know, obviously, Russell coming on board as quarterback. Uh, they're bringing Sierra over there. So, Denver could be the new hot spot. What do you make a, a, of the price tag on the Broncos and reportedly $4.6 billion? Yeah, you know, it was, it was interesting because they said originally it was, it was going to be 3.8, then it moved up to 4, mil, 4 billion, then it was 4.2 billion, and now we're realizing that it was 4.6 billion. And I'll tell you the most interesting thing, Lawrence. When Pat Bolin first bought the team in 1984, he and his siblings bought it for $71 million. If that isn't a rate of return, I don't know what is. Right? Like like that that's a big time rate of return. There's been a couple of, of stories, and I know that first and pen on the website, firstandpen.com, you should check it out. 
you're always working on some of this confluence between like business and sports culture. How significant is it to see LeBron now living in the space of being a billionaire? Yeah, I remember in his GQ interview back in 2014, he said, you know, that was a goal to become a billionaire. And, you know, to see it come to fruition eight years later and the way he did it, you know, he has really changed the narrative and the thought process for a lot of athletes who are following behind him. And he's saying, you know, listen, you don't have to be beholden to the team anymore. You can create your own path. And to see him become the first active NBA billionaire is extremely impressive and extremely inspirational and i hope a lot of these young athletes are watching what he's doing you know because they can follow the 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 path that he created and really really you know bring up the next set of billionaires uh in the nba and in all sports too the on the court stuff for lebron is mesmerizing what do you think were the things that maybe have set him apart from his peers and and I, I get that his game is one of it, but th- it seems like the business moves that he made really did put a template out there for younger players to follow. Yeah, you know, I, I think, first of all, he has a really smart business partner in Maverick Carter, and I think these guys have, first of all, they all came up together, he and his whole team. So there's that trust, um, there's that respect, um, there's that knowledge of, of each other. And I think when he said... I'm going to go to L.A., and he teamed up with Magic Johnson. I remember I was at another publication, and I was, you know, we, we all got together, and we're like, yep, he's about to take over Hollywood. And sure enough, with Spring Hill Entertainment, they got that $100 million investment, and look at all the stuff they're able to create while he's still playing between the barbershop, Uninterrupted, um, Space Jam 2. You know, he has really put together a real business um, – resume and portfolio for himself that he could retire now and he's good to go and his kids are good to go and probably their kids are good to go too and probably their kids are good to go too because it's just been exactly what what amazes me about it is here is someone that didn't go to college but clearly paid attention to what was going on around him and sure there are missteps here and there but Overall, this is someone with no real scandal surrounding their name. And it it seems as if he took what his approach to basketball and being an incredible student of that game and applied it to the things that he saw about the business of LeBron James. You know, I think you pointed out exactly. He understood, he recognized at an early age what the business of LeBron could be what the brand can be. And he didn't want to mess up that brand. He knew on the court, everyone knew his talent. There's no denying that. But off the court, what could he do that would be even more spectacular? And he realized that a long time ago that his brand has worth. It has value. And I hope all athletes recognize that, you know, that you can't just do what you want to do. You can't be in the club. You can't do all this different stuff. If you want to have longevity and if you want to build a presence for yourself after sports is over. And as a 17-year-old to go to the NBA and dominate the way he has and build a portfolio off the court, I mean, you can't give him anything else but props and respect for that. Yousef, let me go back to football for a second. If the Broncos are worth $4.6 billion, 
how much would the Bears be worth if they were sold? You know, it's really interesting. So in the story I wrote on this, and this happened late last night, the new owner, Rob Walton, who is uh, the heir to the Walmart fortune, right, they listed a stat yesterday that he is worth more than David Tepper, who owns a Panther, Jerry Jones, who owns the Cowboys, Stan Kroenke, who owns the Rams, and Robert Kraft, who owns the Patriots, combined. He's, he's worth wow. more than those guys. So if the Broncos, which is in probably a top 20 media market, got $4.6 billion, and you're talking about the Bears in a top three media market, I mean, I would have to expect it's closer to $5.5 billion. That's the number that I had in my head, too. And I, I do yeah. wonder if, if if at any point they would even consider selling. Because, I mean, that, I, I know that it's a cash cow. Like, that, that thing makes money hand over fist every single year before you even start paying the players. But the way that that, that ownership of the Bears is structured, I wonder if, if they are going to be tempted in the next few years to, to sell because – my goodness, the, you talk about return on investment. The investment that George Hallis made is like a hundred bucks, and and then a hundred years later, that's worth five and a half billion dollars. And you know what? Depending on where they when they sell it, it could be worth more. I mean, we just saw that uh, Chelsea FC, right, of the English Premier League, they went for five point three seven billion dollars. Now, the interesting thing was a lot of people say that was the, the most expensive acquisition for a sports team. But if you break it down, the, the purchase price was $3.16 billion. And then Todd Bowley who, Bowley, who is the new owner who also owns part of the Dodgers, Sparks, and Lakers, he agreed to commit another $2.2 billion. So you're talking about $5.3 billion overall, but still the $4.6 billion for the Broncos is actually the largest price purchase price for any sports franchise not just in america but in the world so could you imagine what the bears would would reap what the cowboys would would reap i mean you're talking about maybe even upwards of six billion yeah for the cowboys for sure i mean it, yeah. we're, we're talking about six billion dollars but i i 100 with the new parcel of land that the bears bought out in arlington heights where you could theoretically build your own stadium I, I think they're in a really great financial place if they if they choose to sell. Yousef, man, you are the best. I appreciate you jumping on, and thanks for breaking it down. This is, I think this is a significant, like the NFL should make a bigger deal out of Melody Hobson being a part of this ownership. Like this is a big deal, and for once, they, they get to look good in something. Yeah, and don't forget, you know, Byron Allen was one of the people that threw his hat into the ring you know, entertainment mogul uh, Byron Allen, who also owns Weather Channel and The Grill, you know, he threw his hat in the ring. And the only other black potential um, buyer was was rumored to be Robert F. Smith, who is a Denver native, uh, who's the richest African-American man in, in, the, um, in America. He never officially committed, but you're 100% right. For Melody Hobson to come in, this should definitely be a, a thing for the NFL to key on. And I'll tell you what, Lawrence, if they don't, you know, first and pen gladly will. Firstandpen.com is where you can check out Yousef's work. He's amazing. Please support his website and all the stuff that he's doing. Firstandpen.com. Yousef, I'll talk to you, man. Definitely, Lawrence. I appreciate you as always. That is Yousef Khan of firstandpen.com. It's a great site. 
he's worked in a bunch of different places, spent a ton of time working behind the scenes at ESPN. So when you're talking about someone who understands like the business aspects of sports and sports broadcasting, Yusef Khan is the man. I'm telling you. Firstandpen.com. Check him out. And yeah, the NFL should be celebrating this. Like they should be jumping up and down because it's it's one thing to hire or to bring in someone owned as she bought it to bring in someone who has the cash to own a team. But you put Melly Hobson's resume up against anyone on the planet. It's it's pretty damn impressive. And she's part of a very impressive couple with her and George Lucas. It's wild. Texter pointed out, yeah, they got Prince to perform at like their wedding. Like, I mean, come on. And now a St. Ignatius graduate is going to be an owner of an NFL team. That's nuts. I'm going to talk with Russ Dorsey about the White Sox and their resurgence, question mark, and ask him about Joe Madden as well. We'll do that next here on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 